You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, you got Sam and Steve here to give you a quick breakdown of Yankees baseball. First half is in the books. It's time for a little second half preview for the first place AL East New York Yankees. How are we looking, Sam? Looking great, Steve. Giancarlo Stanton, American League All-Star Game MVP. Yankees head into the break with a brutal loss against the Reds and Red Sox, but bounce back and absolutely pummel the Red Sox. 14-1 and 13-2. Get all the talk sparked about the Red Sox possibly being sellers in a couple weeks. What's not to love? Big second half starts Thursday with a doubleheader in Houston. Yeah, big second half, like you said. These are two makeup games for the first week of the season that got canceled there. Right off the bat, doubleheader in Houston probably happening now as you were listening to this. And then they go to Baltimore, who's red hot. And then they got the Mets. So a pretty big week for the Yankees here because Baltimore, I mean, the Astros are chasing down the Yankees for that home field advantage that we start the second half. Baltimore, as we said, is one of the hottest teams in baseball the past two months. And the Mets are very good. So the Subway Series here is going to have a lot of life to it of, of who's going to be the best team in New York, but the Yankees are sitting 64 and 28 for an unbelievable first half, a first half that nobody really expected. The Yankees were criticized left and right for their lack of getting a shortstop, their, their lack of big splash at the offseason moves that they made, and it's come down, and it's worked perfectly so far for the Yankees, but that's the first half. Second half is going to be a different discussion here, so we want to talk about a little bit of players that we think might have a huge role for the Yankees, some possible trade candidates couple big names out there uh, the past week here. But right off the bat, let's wrap up the first half. I think it's pretty universal here that we'll have Aaron Judge as our first half MVP, maybe for all of baseball, let alone the Yankees. And then maybe Nestor Cortez as your Cy Young for the first half for the Yankees. Or are you going with the easy pick uh, of Garrett Cole? I'm going to go with Garrett Cole simply because he's provided the Yankees with more starts of length. And the fact that he's only had a couple of bad starts. Cortez has been really, really good. Don't get me wrong. But he's struggled to pitch deep in the games lately, which is something we've really hammered home. So I'm going to go with Cole for the Cy Young. Obviously, the team MVP is Aaron Judge. Yeah, we've there talked about him all no episodes, doubt about every that. time. That's an easy one. And plenty of questions still lingering for him. He kind of got caught off guard at the All-Star break, asking about his future with the Yankees and kind of hinted that he might not be around much longer here. But I think he just got caught off guard there too. But the All-Star game always leads to to opportunities like that. That was quite the question for Marley Rivera. I mean, talk about putting someone on the spot. And she was like, I don't want to put you on the spot. Well, listen to the whole plot of your question. I mean, that's putting somebody on the spot and then more. I think judges had the very correct canned answer for all those questions here. I think she got him with starting it off, but you mean like, I was just talking to a little boy who said his favorite Yankee is Aaron Judge. So he wasn't thinking that the question was coming back to, are you leaving? He was kind of, I thought a little focused on maybe, you know, oh, let me answer a little kid's question. And then he was like, oh shit, like this isn't going to go. I I don't know. My canned answer is not going to work for a little kid here. So, uh, (laughs) 
hey, you got, they're going to ask the questions. They're not They're not going to stop here. Did you see, I mentioned Nestor Cortez, unbelievable first half of the year. Unbelievable past 12 months for him. He, he started to pick it up towards the end of last year. Well-deserved All-Star appearance. How cool was that with him and Trevino at the All-Star game, mic'd up, talking about their pitch selections uh, in, in that inning that he pitched? That was really fun to watch. And talk about a coming-out party for the personality of Jose Trevino during that, too, especially when he hit that single and was mic'd up on first base. Yeah, Really candid, really well-spoken, cool. really great personality. So we know that both of them were going to have a lot of fun out in Los Angeles, and they did just that. But that segment, when they were calling pitches, was really cool. But what really stood out to me is when Trevino hit that single and he was mic'd up. And really, what's not to love about both of these guys? Not only big contributors for the Yankees, but great, great guys, it seems like. Yeah, this is a big win for the Yankees, personality-wise, uh, as you mentioned. But I think just overall for baseball. To touch on it quickly, the home run derby was awesome. We saw Juan Soto out slugging um, Julio Rodriguez, who put on a show in his first two rounds here. So the home run derby was a lot of fun. They had some fun with Pujols in that as well. And the All-Star game was, was cool. The mic'd up situations worked out really well. We just talked about the Yankee one. The, uh, you know, Alex Manoa of the Blue Jays was mic'd up, but he struck out the side and was just gassing himself up like that. Overall, a big weekend for for Major League Baseball, I thought. And then if it did get into a tie, they had a home run blast off scheduled for, for the extra innings, which would have been an awesome idea. And, and we know that the AL would have picked, you know, had to pick John Carlos Stanton to be one of their guys because he hit a 450-foot home run into the outfield where he used to sit as a kid in L.A. So another awesome story here to get his MVP uh, there, to join... Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter as the only Yankees to win a All-Star MVP. But if you ask all Yankees here, he would like to join Derek Jeter in being the only players in MLB history to win an All-Star game MVP and a World Series MVP. And that, that's the goal for Stanton and, and for this, this Yankee team. They, uh, they're, they're putting up unbelievable numbers. Their bullpen has been, has been great. They, they lead the league in home runs. So they need to find a way to to stick with it for this second half. Um, we, we mentioned the big names here, Sam. Do you have someone that you could think of on this roster that the Yankees need to step up in the second half that's not Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole? I would say Joey Gallo, but <laughs> I think <laughs> that's just a fuck bit with of me. a lost yeah. <laughs> cause right now. In terms of someone stepping up, it has to be Josh Donaldson. Oh, you stole we my got, <laughs> Sorry, Steve. We got a little bit of an appetizer at Fenway. Last weekend, he had a home run, or excuse me, a grand slam to start off the game on Thursday and a three-run home run to start off the game on Friday. This was someone who I defended a lot in the early happenings after the trade and on our first episode. Because everyone's saying, oh, he's washed, he's washed. They were just looking at his age. He had a really good season at a pitcher's park last year. 26 home runs and OPS above 800. The Yankees need him to get back to being that type of player. I'm not asking for Josh Donaldson. MVP Donaldson. 2015-16 version. I'm not asking for that. But I need to see Josh Donaldson step up. The numbers just aren't good enough right now. He was... Looking like he was getting hot before that Tim Anderson incident, and then he landed on the COVID IL. Big second half needed for Josh Donaldson at the hot corner. 
I, I completely agree. He, he was my pick there. He's played a great defense, though. So he has, like, part of the reasons the Yankees made this deal was to shore up their defense. Um, and he's been excellent at, at third base. So, 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 you know, give him credit for that. But he, he is a, a two-way player here. He's not here just for his defense. He's not getting paid some serious dollars for solely his defense. Um, but what, think about just an impact he could have. You know, he's right now got batting 220 with a 310 um, base percentage. You know, his career numbers are 267, 364 for um, base percentage. If he can get to his back of baseball card numbers, and it doesn't have to be, if he can get to 250 and, and 350, think of what that could does that does to that lineup. When you have guys like Stanton, who's having a phenomenal year, uh, Anthony Rizzo is going to break his career high in home runs this year, most likely. Giancarlo Stanton's playing well, and Aaron Judge is, is could be the MVP. You have Josh Donaldson being the guy after all that, because eventually you're going to start trying to work around those three. Donaldson is your fifth guy coming in with plenty of on uh, home. I'm sorry, RBI potential is huge. He's got 35 RBIs on the year now. I'm looking for him to have 50 RBIs in the second half. It's it's a you know it's not as many games, but he's played in 72 games this year. Um, the Yankees have been very cautious about what, giving him days off and things like that. I think it's time, and it's tough because Glaber's having a great bounce back year. DJ LeMay, who's been phenomenal as well. So finding ways to balance that infield, but make sure you play Josh enough to, to get him going. Because like you said, he, he looked like he started to get a streak. You know, his last seven has been pretty bad, but the seven before that were fantastic, where he had three home runs and 14 RBIs uh, in, in those seven games. So that we, we know it's there. He, he thrives on the element of big games. We saw that his, his entire career. Yeah, I agree. I think from there, he, he's, he's, he's got to be the guy. What do you think about from a pitching standpoint? In terms of starters that need to step it up, it's a tough one because there's so they're, they're many avenues fantastic. you can go. And I, w- I would say Jamison Tyone, but look at what he did to stop a little two-game slide on Saturday against the Red Sox. So if I had to pick one out of all of the pitchers, I'm going to go with Roldis Chapman because high leverage situations since he's come back have not been his friend. He got put into that tie game against the Red Sox, and he loaded the bases. He only let up one run. He did pretty good against the Reds when he came into a tie game. Or, excuse me, the Yankees were down one. And then on Friday, I know it was minimal damage, and the Yankees ended up tying the game. But first batter of his fucking appearance, full count to Bobby Dahlback, and Dahlback takes him deep. When you're looking at the whole pitching staff, I think Chapman's the easy answer. And when you're looking at starters, you can go a number of different avenues. Tyone had a brutal four starts before Saturday's start. Cortez, we've talked about the need to eat innings. Montgomery is Montgomery. And then Severino's had a good year, but now he's injured. So Severino coming back is key. But looking at the whole pitching staff, the X factor I believe in the second half is Aroldis Chapman. That that really would be a game changer for the Yankees bullpen if he becomes, you know, not a no, just just if he just becomes a reliable reliever for this seventh or eighth inning when you have Clay Holmes pitching like he does, because it, 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 it really lengthens your pen even there even more. I'm gonna stick in the bullpen. Um, I, I was thinking about going with Domingo Herman. I think he's gonna get some starts. 
but I hope the Yankees make uh, some starting pitching trade deals so that Herman's not in there too often. But I think we're going to see Herman, especially the next few weeks here while we wait for Severino to come back. But sticking with your your line of thinking of Aroldis Chapman, I think it's Jonathan Loisaga. Similar to Chapman, he's just not been the same player that he was last year. You know, last year overall, he gave up 17 earned runs in 70 innings. He's at 18 innings right now, and he's given up 16 earned runs. And he has spent some time on the DL. Something just looks off about him. Uh, I, I'm very worried about this. Uh, but he was he was what we thought Clay Holmes, you know, we thought he could be the Clay Holmes of this year. We were already talking about it last year. Like, oh, when Chapman's gone, Loisaga's the closer. And it really wasn't much of a discussion. And, you know, that, that you know, the faith in him is gone now too. You know, the pecking order... Uh, is completely opposite. You know, going into the year, we think in the pecking order is going to be, you know, the eighth, ninth is going to be Loisaga Chapman. Now going in reverse, you got Holmes, King, Peralta, and then Loisaga Chapman. So it, the two of them uh, are huge for, for the Yankees to, to, to do what they need to do because Loisaga looks off. And in 20 games here, he, he the something's, something's not right. He still gets his 20 strikeouts in 18 innings, which is kind of on par for, for his career. But he needs to get more confident. He, he hasn't looked right. And, and hopefully it's not a long-term injury here. Hopefully that injury is behind him. But um, it, I, I wouldn't be too shocked if, if he shut down the next month or so and we don't see him the rest of this year if he continues to struggle. I think so as well. You look at the entire pitching staff and the injuries that have been dealt with. Chapman, Loisica, uh Severino. And when you're talking about Loisica, it's it's tough. Um, and, and remember, we lost Chad Green already. Even more to that, it was supposed to be Green, the Wise, good Chapman. The, the, that was your seven, eight, nine. Right now, if it's in a big game and one run game, you're not pitching any of those three. Obviously, Green's hurt, but you, I'm not going Chapman or the Wise guy the seventh or eighth right now. If if I have to, you know, win a World Series game, you know, it'll be. Um, and the Yankees just lost Miguel Castro now for for at least four to six weeks. So the bullpen is thin here. So I uh, have to wonder here what the what the Yankees look to do at the deadline. Uh, we could see more opportunities. You know who's been great since coming back is Albert Abreu. Talk about a, a great great snipe for the Yankees to, to not let him pass through waivers too many times after being traded for Jose Trevino. Um, you know, he's going to get more looks. When you mentioned the Weisinger, though, just going back to that, yeah. out of everyone who has struggled a little bit this year, I have to say I'm the most shocked by him same out of everyone on the team the control and velocity he had last year i just he looked unhittable at times he looked like holmes this year and that's what i was trying to say a little bit earlier about um loisica just i think that is the most shocking person that is basically been unpitchable in high leverage situations the last couple months yeah and look, I, we thought he got robbed of an all-star appearance last year he was playing so good and, and yeah he's got uh, a baseball reference has him as a minus 1.1 war for a reliever who's only pitched 18 innings that is not good um so he's gotta have to pitch himself out of this huge hole because it, it's, it's crazy it is a big struggle here he's had he is a pitcher who's dealt with some serious injuries in when he was younger and just a breakout year at age 26, we were hoping that, that he gets back to that form for the Yankees moving forward. Talking about the trade markets, Sam, we have to mention Juan Soto. Have to. If Juan Soto is on the market, 
do the Yankees have to go get him? This is such a that, hard do question. They ha- is, it is, but also is it because <laughs> this guy is the top three player in baseball, top one maybe personality mixed with talent, mixed with perfect for Yankee Stadium, mixed with won't be a free agent for another two years. How is this guy even getting on the market? It's crazy. I think they have to trade for him. I'm sorry. Back up the Brinks truck and trade for him right now. Give Anthony Volpe, give Jason Dominguez, give Oswald Peraza. You're getting a guy who's finished top five in MVP voting each of the last two seasons. The plate discipline this guy has at the plate. The power to all fields. He's 24 years old. 23. Like you said, I cannot believe this guy is available. I'm doing whatever it takes, and the Yankees have what it takes to land him. They do. That's the key part is they have what it takes. And that that ask is going to be enormous. It's going to cost all those guys. Washington wants MLB-ready players. It might cost you someone like a Mike King. Maybe it's to throw in like a Jonathan Loisega. You can say, hey, we know this guy could be. He's got a few years. They, They want controllable guys. They want, I think, you know, you throw in players like Clark Schmidt. You throw in guys that, you know, are clearing your 40-man roster along with all those prospects. It's a massive deal. This would be the biggest deal in Major League history. And if I'm Brian Cashman, I'm making the move and saying, telling, look, I'm making the move, and then I'm signing Aaron Judge, and I'm telling them, here you go. I got two years left before I retire into the sunset. Go win me two or three World Series, and I'm out of here. And then you say, fuck it. Let let the next GM deal with Simon Juan Soto if they want to. Like, he doesn't, he's not demand, he can't demand a contract right now. So, I mean, oh, he wants it. He's going to get a f- half a billion dollars. Scott Boris is not going to let him sign for less than half a billion dollars. So, but but it's not a decision you have to make right now. It, and that's the crazy part of, of it. It's at the judge situation with the contract weighs huge, huge, huge on this because if Judge took that first contract offer and he was signed long-term, I think the Yankees go in ham right now. But they don't want to have to deal with the fact that Aaron Judge isn't signed and they made a move to possibly trade his replacement. And then that can let him walk. That that might cause some issues in the clubhouse. It's going to cause issues with the fans. So I, I think that I, I wish the Judge signed that deal. I know Judge has got himself another $100 million probably added onto that contract. So it's going to be crazy, but... You, I mean, the fucking Nationals. You don't let a 23-year-old kid who's played in four seasons and has been Rookie of the Year second, MVP ninth, MVP fifth, MVP second, Silver Slugger in two of those years, having a down first half right now. And by that, he means he has 20 home runs. He's got a 400 on-base percentage because he leads the league in walks. Like you said, his eye is insane. And he plays an outfield position at Yankee Stadium. Like, it's a perfect fit. Now, at the same time, uh, I continue to ramble on and play the other side of this is maybe just get him in free agency. You know he's not going to sign a deal in the next few years because he wants that half a billion, and that's probably not, not, I mean, not going to be happening yet. So why not just sign him in two years? Or, or you know, why not wait to let the Padres sign him to that contract, and then when he demands a trade in six years, when he's 29 years old, still in his prime, maybe go get him then. But, because the Yankees' window is right now. No, I know, and I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. But I can see the other side of it saying, look, we're good enough to win right now. 
why don't we wait until our window starts closing and then reopen it with Juan Soto in four or five years or something stupid like that. It's crazy. He's fun to watch. He was a blast to watch. That was the easiest bet I make was having him win the home run derby after all this controversy that's happening there with the Nationals. It's going to be the the topic of conversation for the next two weeks in all of baseball. The Yankees can top everybody if they want to. I just don't think they want to, Red. But they should. They should. Maybe they they use a lot of that package instead and go get Luis Castillo because he... He shoved versus the Yankees uh, two weeks ago, and he looked good in the All-Star game. The Yankees' pitching woes might be solved by getting him, and and you can't trade for Soto and and for Castillo with with the Yankees' farm. So it's going to be interesting to see how how Cashman maneuvers here too. But I think you're aligned with me that Castillo is... All right, so what percentage are you giving for the Yankees making the trade for Castillo or the trade for, for Soto? Trade for Castillo... At 33%, the trade for to- Soto at 6%. I think those, Sam, you're just, you're, you're in my brain today. I think those are excellent numbers. I think there's a third well, chance the Yankees can do it, and then like less than 10, they get Soto. Yeah. I think there's a but, less than 20% chance that Soto actually gets traded. The Nationals can't be this dumb. Yeah, and they are going to give him another offer. They better start with the five. Boris said wow. he need he, he won't look at anything unless he's the highest paid player in baseball. Which is which is fine, and that's that's Mike Trout right now, half a billion dollar player. Which I, I can't even fathom that. But I'm glad we're on the same page. Back up the Brinks truck for Juan Soto. Go get another pitcher. You'll be able to with what you have left. But to have Soto, Judge, and Stanton in the same lineup, you go in with that. Yeah, that's just yeah. I mean, Anthony Rizzo, DJ LeMahieu. I mean, imagine adding this. Imagine back. trading Joey Gallo's spot in the lineup for Juan Soto. I did. On the what best a... team in baseball. <laughs> I'm going to be dreaming about this for two weeks. Look, and he even offer Aaron Hicks and be like, hey, if you want a guy, he's got a... Aaron Hicks' contract is not terrible. But hey, if you want a guy that's going to be playing the outfield cheaply for you for the next four years, here's Aaron Hicks. We don't give a fuck. It, it's going to be something like you said. It, it, it's a lot. It's going to take a lot of a lot of people to type about it. A lot of people are going to talk about it. It's going to be the the leading conversation for the Yankees for the next few weeks for something that has a less than ten percent chance. He looks good in the Yankees photoshops too. He looks really he looks good in everything photoshops. He, he, he could be the best player in baseball. You know, he's twenty three years old. It, it's crazy. I don't know how he, you know, he he easily could have won MVP last year. He lost out to the guy that he replaced in Bryce Harper. So I mean, look, I dude, if you're the, I don't, dude, I can't to to make this a Nationals podcast for three seconds. Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner. I mean, thank God they won a title. Thank God they won a title. This could be one of the biggest fuck ups in baseball history with with the talent that they've had that's going to happen for the Yankees now is they better this this team better win a title because it's going to go down as yeah what, what a fuck up the Yankees have if they can't win a title and that, that's why Cashman has to dive in now fine forget Soto here you need a starting pitcher you need some bullpen help you need a, you need a new outfield bat I, I you got to have four or five trades in the next three weeks for the Yankees I, I think here going all in all in that's our motto but who would have thought a top three player in all of baseball would be available right now? <laughs> and, and this has changed everything. This has changed everything. Would you rather go all in for Soto and, and the chances that we both discussed 
Would you rather go all in for Soto and clear the farm or just trade one guy or trade one or two of the elite guys for Castillo? I go all in. You're, you're talking about all in and signing. You're talking about a decade plus, uh, you know, 15 years plus of Juan Soto on your team. That That is something that teams dream of. That, that's the whole point of, of being a GM is to get guys like him. And if he comes on the market, like, yeah, then that, that's that's where I'm focusing my, my dollars and my, and my time in. And it's crazy because just because just Aaron Judge is, is a monster just sitting there too. And, and you, you, you dream of getting guys like Aaron Judge, but age has to be a factor. Your judge is going to be 31 next year. Are you going to give Aaron Judge a $300 million deal at age 31 or you want to give Soto a $500 million deal at age 23? It's a tough spot to be in if you're the Yankees and you make billions every year. I say give give them both to it. Who gives a fuck? You already have Garrett Cole as the highest paid pitch position contract. I mean, pitcher of all time, contract wise. Why not? Why not give Soto the biggest contract ever? And look, maybe you find ways to get rid of Stanton. Maybe you find other ways to to get rid of Donaldson and get some money. But that's a decision you make two years down the road with Soto. It's it's not something you need right now, but. It's a fun. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to do some mock trades for it all, and you know the Yankees will always be there. The Yankees have been linked to every big free agency, free agent the past four years, and have only signed Cole. They'll be linked to every big starter and every big position player the next two weeks, um, and unfortunately, we'll probably be disappointed in who we get. But if not now, when Brian figure it out? <laughs> You're right. Go all in. That's. We've been hammering at home. Do whatever it takes to land Juan Soto and then worry about it later. But I, the odds if this team added Juan Soto to win the World Series, would, <laughs> it might go close to even money. Oh, yeah. And the teams you got to worry about is, you know, the Astros. They, they have, I don't think they have the farm to do it, but the Dodgers trade for everybody. The Padres trade for everybody. You know, the Mets can make a move too. Like, we could be... Well, how bad would that suck if you're, you lose to the Mets in the World Series and, and Soto was there for the taking? Plenty, plenty to be discussed on the trade market, and we'll get it. We'll have a trade deadline episode uh, the next week or so as things heat up, that, that, as the hot stove heats up. Let's take a quick look at these games that we talked about earlier, and then we will wrap up the the second half preview here. Like I said, it's two against the on the road, so big road stretch. So seven, eight games to start start this road stretch here. Yankees haven't announced what their rotation is looking like here, but we'll probably see Cole for two of those. It's going to be big. I think guys like, not that we want to talk about the bad things here, but Sam, who's the guy that's going to regress the most the most here? Because, you know, my opinion, it, it's it's a great story, but, but it's Jose Trevino. I don't think he can keep it up for a full year. Defensively, absolutely. But I think we're going to be getting that, that catching spot is going to be lackluster in the lineup the rest of the year. Um, which is why you need to go out and get maybe another outfielder to boost that lineup because you can't have that left field position taken up automatic outs with Gallo or Hicks, who who hasn't been terrible. But I, I'm nervous about Trevino in the second half. I don't think this will be that much of a regression. I mean, he's obviously going to come back down to earth, but Matt Carpenter, oh, he, yeah, he's not yeah, going to yeah. be... Good call. He's not going to be hitting like Barry Bonds. Uh, Literally putting up Barry Bonds type numbers right now. Yes, so uh, that's an easy call for me. His OPS is 1.3, is 1,380. (laughs) It it looks like he's hitting on rookie difficulty level in the show. 
It, it's downright silly. So, yeah. Kyle Higashioka has an OPS of 546. He is almost triple that. <laughs> but it's been an unreal stretch for me. I mean, it, we're talking 30 games now. The sample size is getting bigger, and the numbers keep going up. 13 home runs and 34 RBIs. Um, you know, he's getting on base at a 447% clip here. Uh, like you said, that's obviously going to regress. But if you're the Yankees, you drive that into the ground. So, yeah, that hit Carpenter coming on has made the need for that outfield spot that I was just talking about uh, at the trade deadline maybe become irrelevant. You know, I, I would I don't think he's, he's going to obviously terrible defensively in the, in the outfield here. But if you run out an outfield of Hicks, Judge, Stanton, and you make Carpenter your everyday DH, like that's what you should do, right? That's how this, the second half should start until he cools off. I think so too. And when or, or if he cools off, when that'll be remains to be seen. But for now, he's hitting the cover off the ball. However, when the Yankees look to add a bat to their lineup, that they just can't expect him to continue this ridiculous numbers. I mean, if he dips a little bit, I could also see him If he dips a little bit, to, Sam, if he cuts it in half, he's still batting, um, you know, a 700 OPS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could see him totally regressing and having, like, a terrible month. I mean, I, yeah. mean, I think that's on the table. I mean, remember, this guy was 36 years old in the Rangers minor league system, and he asked for his release, and... I saw the transaction. I thought he was on the fucking street and the Yankees just signed him. But it would arguably been the best first half story for the Yankees You're right. is, is signing him. And that's arguably. crazy because they have phenomenal first half stories. Aaron Judge is going for Babe Ruth's record, Roger Maris's record of 61 home runs. Jose Trevino, a day before the season started, becomes a Yankee. Nestor Cortez, you know, that. 900th round draft pick back on the Yankees is an all-star. The storylines are are through the roof for the Yankees. And all of a sudden, here comes Mustachio Carpenter. And just like, ah, oh, let me let me throw another storyline at you. Uh, I'm going to hit 13 home runs out of nowhere and just continue to pummel the ball every time I'm in the lineup. He's got such a pretty swing. That lefty bat, and he just drops it down right off his shoulder and it flies right out to right and field. And these aren't cheapies either. He's getting he's getting his money's worth. It's almost like he's the lefty bat that Gala was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, it is. I, I had a tweet out there. I don't know if you saw that. If you combine um, Matt Carpenter and Joey Gallo's stats, you Joey Gallo's pretty good. Because that, that's what we thought was going to happen. We thought Joey Gallo was going to hit 20 to home runs. He hit, you know, in, in the offseason, you know. If you, his what he's batting one sixty and Carpenter's batting three fifty, so let's just say they average out to a a two a two forty hitter uh, with with 23, 23 home runs. You're like, oh, Joey Gallo was awesome. That's I, what the Yankees I, I expected. Joey Gallo hitting two ten with like a three fifty on base percentage and twenty home runs in the first half would have been perfect. Yeah, uh, he's got to continue to get at bats. You you got to make sure the wear and tear of him. It, doesn't get you know, he is 36 and he, he played 180 games the past two seasons and he batted 176 with 60 hits total he's played 31 games for the yankees and he's got 28 hits it's ridiculous it's, it's ridiculous um can't so, make so, it up yeah carp carp is going to be playing you know, i think that was a great call there he expects some regression but also expect a lot more playing time 
even with that regression, I think, because we, we know that, that Gallo is, is, is done. Um, I can see the Yankees flipping him and someone else that they have like a 40-man roster crunch for for like a low lay ball guy just so they can clear the 40 a little bit. So we'll have to, we'll have to see what happens there. Or if they get a big name, I know Soto and Castillo are thrown around, but if they get a big name somewhere, like St. David Peralta from Arizona, imagine if the Yankees just throw him in there for a half a year. Like, hey. Yeah, and, and eat guy. the money. Like, and eat the money. They're like, hey, here's Gallo. We'll pay $4 million of his last $5, five million. So, like, it, it's very possible that, he, that that's the case here. I mean, there, yeah, like the lot. Yankees give prospects, and then they just give him for yeah for free. and pay like, for it. It's a, yeah, be a, you know, yeah, a classic NBA deal. Just a, here, here's a here's a contract filler to to make the deal the deal work. So we'll, yeah, well, we'll we'll see what what happens there. So for this week coming up here, the doubleheader versus Houston. I think we got to split that, and then I think we got to put the Orioles in their place. The Orioles are fun. The Orioles scare me as a team that should go all in for Juan Soto, FYI, because they have a young, young core, and that would be awesome for for them and that fan base. But uh, I think you gotta you gotta you gotta put the Orioles back in their place a little bit. I think in that, that three game series in, in down at uh, Yankee Stadium South. I think so too, but the Orioles do scare me, and I, I could see the Yankees having some trouble here. But I'm gonna call a split to the doubleheader, and then we're gonna get two or three uh, down at Yankee Stadium South, and then. We have the Subway Series before sweeping the Royals. Fuckers. Sweeping the sweeping uh, them. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Ticket prices are getting up there to get in. It's over $100 both nights. Uh, Yankees and Mets <laughs> both really good. The last time this happened was a long time ago. I mean, you have to go back to two thousand, the mid-2000s, the last time they were both really in contention. I know they both made the playoffs in 2015, but... Mets 58 and 35, Yankees 64 and 28. I think it's good when the Mets are good, when both teams are in contention. It can't hurt. It leaves for you know adds for a little rivalry between these teams that you know don't really need to you know, just just happen to play close to each other. The Mets now have money. Stevie Cohan has a big blank check, and that could be sent to someone like Aaron Judge. So. Then it gets real heated if if you know he starts stealing Yankees players. The, the, this will be good because it's going to be talked about a lot. You know, Aaron Judge is going to there going to be a lot of Aaron Judge photoshops of him playing. Oh, Aaron Judge is playing at his true home in City Field. Blah blah blah. Um, so I, I I want to sweep there. We'll see who's pitching. See if they can avoid Scherzer. That'd be nice. Sounds like Degrom was not ready again. So um, I, you know, if if, we're, if if the baseball gods want it, we're going to see. Cole and Scherzer at you know face off at some point here, but we'll see how the rotations go. Um, go there, but yeah, I think it's good. Yankees look they 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 win series. That's what they do. So split the split the doubleheader today, two of three, and then sweep the Mets. That, that's how you start off the second half, and that's how you get ready for the trade deadline. Let's do it. I'm all in. There we go. Sam's key phrase of the episode and the rest of the season will be all in. Uh, do you have? I put you on the spot here. Uh, the Sammy Slam of the week, or what was? What were you doing there? The uh, the pimp job of the week. Pimp job of the week. Oh, this is. I uh, think it's got to be. Uh, I'm going to steal it for you. It's got to be staying at the All Star game. Yes, it, easily, easily. Just, just absolutely. I'm watching it right now again. Just smoking that pitch. He got a meatball on an O2 pitch. Meatball. <laughs> just, just, 0-2 in an All-Star game and just absolutely crushed it. 
Byron Buxton got the next pitch, next batter too. That was a three-two win. Awesome to see Stanton get the get some recognition here of just putting up together. He's what one of five players to win a home run derby, a season MVP, and now a All Star Game MVP. Uh, and like we said, it, it's all going to come down to can he win a World Series MVP. But we got lots of time until that happens. For now. Let's go for a strong second half start for the Yankees. Thanks as always for listening to podcasts and in pinstripes with Sam and Steve. And we'll catch you guys uh, next week. Peace. Go Yanks.